gentlemen welcome back to another exciting episode of pro wrestling uncut i am your host cole dawson and with me as always my good buddy my pal my hashtag team partner ron kilborn how are you doing today ron it is a beautiful beautiful day and do you know why that is oh you having a, a flash news update everybody breaking news breaking news from ron kilborn go ahead buddy I have finally secured a PlayStation 5. I will take your jealousy in all forms, and you can all suck it. The war is over. It is mine. I am finally a part of the next-gen community. Life's good, and I can now rest peacefully. And now I can watch wrestling. And life is great. How are you guys doing? I'm hanging in there. I'm good. It's been a little bit of a... uh crazy weekend for me uh i'm supposed today uh it is monday as we are recording this um i was supposed to go out of town for three days of work today uh which i'm glad we didn't because otherwise this podcast would have been either not happening this week or would have been happening without moi this week so um but it got put so friday we're getting ready at work We're, we're staying a little bit late to kind of get things ready for our uh, three-day, you know, uh, trip away from the office. And uh, we get a call at, like, three in the afternoon on a freaking Friday for a request for, uh, to be on, on a job site today. So we had to push back our travel day. Um, so I ended up working quite late on Friday, getting home uh, after dark. And I left the house before light, so it was a long day. And uh, I had to get things ready for a little our little uh, family friend get together this weekend, socially distance as with picture evidence on uh, Ron's Facebook. If you all before you all start yelling and screaming, uh, we partied outdoors and, you know, kept our distance and had a good time. Uh, so I got up at 6 a.m. on Saturday to cook all day because that was my responsibility. I spent the whole day cooking on Saturday. I did nothing on Sunday except for uh, got caught up on a little bit of homework and studying and whatnot. And then today I was up butthole early and we worked late and uh, I rushed home to try to have time to do this today. And so uh, I'm all disheveled. So I did not plan this week's episode. So I'm going to ask Ronald to uh, give you guys a little bit of an idea of what we're going to be doing today. Well, that's a splendid idea because, you know, a good way to transition from your shit show, horror show, work story. I like to explain the amount of work it took for me to show my good buddy Cole the match that we're going to watch along today. <laughs> now, a little backstory. I'm going to say my piece, and then you, you can have your rebuttals, so please don't interrupt. When this match took place, I was, I was awestruck. And the very next day, no... Right after the match ended, I texted Cole, bro, 
You got to watch this match. And now, a little backstory on Cole. I'm pretty sure you've heard it throughout the episodes, but he's a cynical wrestling fan. Wrestling has beat him down. <laughs> wrestling has beat him down in life, and a lot of it is warranted. And a lot of it is, oh, Cole, this is an oh, Cole moment. And uh, he then responded with Daniel Bryan opening a match, making some deuce, making some, <laughs> making some wrestler. It's meaningless. Like to that, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but the fact that Daniel Bryan was opening this match with a new guy on a pay-per-view after he was just the champion and put over Kofi is mind-boggling to him. And that's that's fair. But, you know, you also got to consider that Daniel Bryan wasn't in a place to do that personally, so he was just doing wrestling. And this match is fantastic because this is just how you make somebody without all the bells and whistles. It's just a wrestling match. And, you know, once we, once we fire this off and press play, I'll give my little preamble to the story of this match. But that's basically my side of the coin when it came to presenting Cole this match. And I'm so glad that it finally, the culmination is going to happen live on our show. So uh, to provide more context and backstory to your little uh, build up there, I, I when we were thinking about this, I was, I figured we're gonna we're going to call this kind of segment "Ron Makes Cole Watch Wrestling" <laughs> for a wrestling <laughs> podcast. So uh, j- my history with wrestling goes from about ninety three to probably two thousand. I want to say maybe up till two thousand four, two thousand five where I watched basically every single Monday Night Raw. I watched SmackDown quite often, and I was a hardcore fan uh, at this point. Or or at about 2004, it kind of started transitioning to watching weekly television less and less, and I'd still watch all the pay-per-views. And then it kind of got down to, I don't know, say maybe 2010-ish or so, it was down to, I'll watch the big four and I'll check in on Raw once in a while. And for the last couple of years, it's kind of been, I'm just going to watch Rumble and Mania and call it good and not watch any of the storylines to piss me off. And uh, so this year in particular, we watched the Rumble and Daniel Bryan had just a fantastic match with Bray Wyatt at the Royal Rumble, right? And so a year ago, Daniel Bryan made Kofi, even all the way to Royal Rumble, Bryan's in the title match, he's in the main event picture, and this was the first time I ever watched a Bray Wyatt match and went, holy balls, this guy's, um, he's a top guy for sure now. Like, for me, this solidified him in the top spot as a champion. And then a couple weeks later, they went to Saudi Arabia and he got squashed by Goldberg. And I said, fuck this, fuck this. They just made this guy. Why did they kill him already? And I just, ugh, ugh. But so when Ron tells me that Daniel Bryan's in the opening match of Elimination Chamber a month after... He just made Bray Wyatt look like a beast and a superstar and a main eventer. I just was like, why? I mean, Drew Gulak just, I, uh, like, I understand putting 
new guys in there with veterans and, and big names and making them. But what have they done with Drew Gulak since this point? Anybody? All right. Do you want me to answer? Yeah. What have they done with Drew Gulak okay. since Daniel Bryan made him? Okay. Well, this will, this will go with my little preamble to the story of this match. Now, this is when he was called up weeks prior to this. He was called up from 205 Live. Uh, so, which was, he was like number two of, of he was number two of two uh, that they did that with. They brought up Ali and then they brought up uh, Drew Gulak. And the way they were debuting him, they were debuting him with like kind of like vignettes, but not really vignettes, just backstage segments where everybody that was wrestling Daniel Bryan would, would, would lose to Daniel Bryan. And he would pull them aside backstage and kind of poke holes in Daniel Bryan's game. Like, if you really want to beat him, you got to go for this. You got to do that. And like, really, like, they were pushing him as like this smart, pretty much what they're doing with uh, Timothy Thatcher in NXT now. Okay. But like, he's like, he's like in a business suit and like, uh, just pulling people aside. And like, this is how you beat him. This is how you beat him. He's doing this for like three weeks straight. Right. And so, and they'll show they'll show uh, Daniel Bryan's rebuttal when he finally confronts him. But that's basically how they're bringing him in. They're bringing him as this this, this shooter technician that is poking holes in what is arguably the best shooter technician in WWE as as far as the top guys go. Yeah. So that's how they're bringing him in, without even like super drama. But they're bringing him in as this as this genius wrestler, which is a gimmick that doesn't really happen in today's WWE. And no, was, not not main roster for sure. Yeah, so this is why when this match happened, it piqued my excitement. And what they were where they were going with this storyline wise, even after this match, you know, it, everything went to a screeching halt. When, uh, screeching halt when COVID happened, and Daniel Bryan went away and only came back sporadically, thus putting this whole shit. You know, what could have been would have been amazing, and you'll see once you watch this match. Uh, but that's basically what they were doing with Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak. This was his bring up to the main roster moment. This was his big payoff debut after weeks of just pulling people aside and say, this is how you beat Daniel Bryan. And then finally he was like, well, if this is how you beat Daniel Bryan and show me motherfucker. <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah. be on Sunday. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, <laughs> where we are now. So before we, before we start, this is something we've kind of joked about even on the podcast for, a couple months now that you're going to force me to watch this match. But um, so where I'm at with wrestling now is I just watch the big two and SummerSlam and Survivor Series if I'm feeling good about wrestling. Uh, so Ron is still fairly a diehard fan. I think it took until about, I don't know, last month or so when you finally said, I can't watch Raw or SmackDown right now. I just can't. And so you, this is this usually goes. I know Ron's watching, and I know other people that are watching. So if something really great happens, I'm going to hear about it and I'll check it out. So, well, it's, go it's ahead. Funny, sorry to interrupt, but this uh, this kind of ties together because I remember one time when I was really pushing hard for you to watch a match. It was Drew Gulak versus uh, uh, Zack Saber Jr. And that did not disappoint from what I remember. Oh, not at all. No, it's great. So this is one of those matches where if I sit you down and go, bro. Yeah. Just bell to bell. Watch this right (laughs) now. You will not be disappointed. And I don't, I don't think I failed once uh, in that regard. And I'm feeling good about today. 
No, I know. Every time that you go, bro, stop what you're doing. Like, sometimes you'll say, hey, man, this match is pretty cool. You should check it out. And I know, okay, that's whatever. But when you, re- anytime you've been like, bro, no, seriously, just, just do this. You have to do this. Then, yeah, it's always been something really great. So, yeah, uh, dude, leave the funeral now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just pull your phone out. I don't care where you're at. <laughs> but so I get about, I don't know, I'd say probably about five texts from Ron a year that say, hey, you got to check this out. And I'd say I'm about two out of five. I actually end up watching it. Uh, but this is one he hasn't let go. And he's been pushing since, what, February when it happened? Yes. <laughs> that I really need to do this. And uh, since I did watch the uh, other contender for match of the year uh, with Ronald, he made me watch Walter um, and Ilya Dragunov. And so this will basically be... The I mean, there's still a couple weeks where someone could do something, but it's going to be between this match probably and Walter for who uh, gets my official vote for match of the year. So uh, without further ado, if you would like to set this up and uh, we will do a countdown and uh, hit play, uh, it is all yours, Ronald. Alrighty. Well, first of all, let's not misconstrue. You know, when I when I showed you Walter and Ilya Dragunov, I preambled that one with, "Hey, Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan was match of the year to me until I saw this match." So, you know, take that for what it's worth, but enjoy some fantastical wrestling. I'm gonna count down. We're both at three minutes and fifty five seconds, and three, two, one, play. All right. Right now, we're panning at the crowd. Everyone's throwing up the yes chance. Daniel Bryan's coming out there looking as only as he can look with his new yes shirt. And it's like it's like an expensive yes shirt because it's all super green and made with, you know, activist products. Uh, I don't know how else to word, how else to yeah. word that. Yes, He's yes. A- yeah, green, safe, yeah, smart, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, nothing was harmed in making that shirt. Uh, yeah, he's coming out, looking at the crowd, looking splendid. Now they're going to go to a backstage segment here uh, in a little bit. They're going to show uh, what I was uh, talking about earlier. Uh, him finally confronting Drew Gulak about uh, man. Look at look at Corey Graves. I forgot how Lex Luthery he is here. <laughs> my favorite thing about that entrance was the little yet the little yes hands in the background that were going up and down very awkwardly looking like that was pretty awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> they weren't even going the right way as you would throw them up too it was just super yes wet. like like if someone had parkinson's oh i like this wide shot showing the whole crowd I like Gulak with no knee pads. You, you notice when someone's not wearing knee pads. It's like, yeah, if, if you're not if you're not wearing knee pads or anything on your arms, like you're just trunks. I'm like, yeah, throwing on, that guy's definitely throwing somebody on someone's head. So yeah, this is this is he finally caught wind of him taking t- pulling everyone aside and uh, poking holes in his game. So he's basically saying, if you're so confident in in my it, in my, you know, weaknesses, why don't you come display them this Sunday? And look at him. Ooh, look at him. yeah, stare down and walk away. Even a little, 
even a little little doubt in his face, like, oh shit, if I oh talk yeah, to I love wrestling. Oh. You know, facial expressions, even backstage, you can sell a match. Oh, look at Carlos. oh yeah, I knew I knew a Carlos Cabrera in high school. Yeah, he Carlos is looking a little old here. Finally, he's finally starting to age a little bit. Finally, it only took him. Yeah, I was, yeah <laughs> since I was a kid. Yeah, no, he's. I know. I miss Hugo. That was always the one. The German announced team. I like that bow tie. It's a very cool yellow bow tie. Yeah, he looks like the latest. He looks like the last male Doctor Who. All right, so I like this. They both look intense. They're ready to go. Gulak yeah. in the middle of the ring, like, all right, bring it on. I got this. Let's go. Let's go. Young and eager. Now, the important thing to watch here, of course, is Daniel Bryan. Because, you know, Daniel Bryan is known for his amazing submission, but technical game. But the dude can make you care and bring you in with his facial expressions, too. Don't get yeah. twisted. He's a total... No, that's, yeah, that's why I... <laughs> there's no argument for me as to who the best professional wrestler on the planet is, really. It's Daniel Bryan by... I don't like it. It's hard to bring up Shinsuke Nakamura right now because he's not doing anything but mid card comedy bullshit, and he doesn't get to have the kind of matches, you know, that he really should. Like, but Daniel Bryan is like he's a great sports entertainer on top of being the best professional wrestler on the planet. Yes, and you don't see that enough. You don't see anybody who can do both, like who can just have a technical match like this but still maintain the space and the facial expressions necessary to draw in uh, with sports entertainment-like qualities. There ain't nothing wrong with sports entertainment if it's drizzled on, on top of pro wrestling. I just don't like it when it's reversed. Yeah, right. Well, when you're doing sports entertainment and you mix in some kind of wrestling stuff, like little the little nuts in the in the cookie. Exactly. Like, look at this. They, they, they've really done nothing. They've just done a little bit of wrestling, but this is where it counts right here this is how you get somebody over yeah when you have a guy as talented as daniel bryan looking confused and kind of taking it back a little bit yeah yeah and that's that's i think that's one of the things that really gets missed that's it's kind of getting lost in the business is just like the little facial expressions and cues and it, it you know there is a little bit of a difference between tv wrestling and you know, being an independent show, like you can't do the little facial close-ups and kill time in a match where you can just make a face and tell a story. So you, you have to be a little more uh, body involved in this kind of thing. But, oh, I like the headstand out of the scissors. Nice. I love this reversal. It's one I used to do. Transitions. Transitions. Yep. Delightful. Yeah, you don't get a lot of this kind of stuff anymore. Like, I miss hold to hold. Like, I miss, you know, the, the feeling out process. Like, oh. Yeah, like, the, the struggle, like, even the facial expressions. Oh, oh, here oh we go. and the up kicks. Yes. Now, part's great because they start trading the same thing. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. And they just keep going. And yeah, it is one of these things. It's, it's, it, it's a little contrived, but it's not. It doesn't look phony, it right? Doesn't. Like it's yes. something that can okay. happen in the natural flow of a fight, you know. It where does. oh, well, this upkick happens, and it, yeah. it's an it's a thing that it, uh, I saw in an MMA fight that on UFC this weekend. Someone hit a good upkick like that, and they they had to to stop for a little bit. He bust the guy open. So, and plus, I mean, look, he, he's he's bleeding. 
Like uh, Drew Gulak's bleeding from that exchange. And look, oh, he, and Daniel Bryan, the babyface, rolls out. No, like, yeah, this, like this, is, this is a good story Daniel they're telling Bryan for sure. At a loss when it comes to wrestling. This is good. This is how you make a new guy. Brilliant. Yeah, it is. Love. For those of you who weren't watching, who who can't watch anyway, both of these guys had a single leg uh, wrapped on each other, and they were using their free leg to kick kick themselves free by hitting themselves in the face. And the referee just had to break it up because they rolled up to the ropes, and the exchange was so intense that Daniel Bryan just kind of you know rolled out of the ring and had to reassess his game. And now they're back in the ring. Each other out, Daniel Bryan gets the single leg and, and using the joints to turn the body, and we're right back to it. Like, it's oh, this this is for any old school Daniel Bryan fan. This is this is uh, <laughs> oh, I wish he had, I wish he had the sound on here because he lets out a big ass scream. Ah! Yep, <laughs> uh, going for the surfboard. Or the bow and arrow. Oh no, the, yeah, the surfboard. The story here. We're not done. To, we're not done telling this story because Drew Gulak's had an answer for everything Daniel Bryan has tried. Yes. So we're right back here. He grabs the heel, turns him back, and we're and he's right where he was. He was at. Yep, and he's ready for a step over. Oh, oh no. Him stamp stepping on legs and putting Bryan. In the Mexican surfboard. Oh! Oh, in the paintbrush. Oh, he paintbrushed the wrestler in the middle of a hold. And we're going, we're rowing. Whoa! And he pulls it off on Daniel Bryan. Very nice. Just wonderful. Cole, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. Have you seen one flip? Oh! Oh! I wish the sound was on there because that just. Oh, you like can, yeah, I can. You you could see it. <laughs> oh man, and this is where it, this is where it gets good too. But yeah, oh, yeah, to, yeah, because you could see the, the the you could see the frustration brewing in oh, Brian. Shit. You could see he's getting ready to get a little more aggressive. Yeah, and this- now we're punching and kicking and chopping and throwing forearms and uppercuts. Oh, that yeah, was a oh mean kicks in the corner. Oh, that, yeah, he uh, threw that kick. Yeah. <laughs> that butt grounds him back down. Drew Gulak doing, doing the right thing here. Uh, yeah. Brian was picking up the intensity, so now back in a submission. Got a good heel trip for Brian. And, oh, punches. Closed fist. He's mad. And they're landing. Yeah, and that you know that's one of the things because uh, Brian doesn't throw punches a lot. He almost always throws forearms, but um, it's one of the things I noticed oh! that oh, the oh. head uh, head yeah. scissors on the ground. Brian goes for the hand the uh, handstand escape, and yeah, Drew Gulak pile drives him. <laughs> and because because Daniel Bryan's story is so public, the crowd let out a huge gasp there. Yeah. They they all they all they all started getting Ooh, this. And now going to the gory special, stretching the neck out. Yep. This is good stuff. Pick a body part, find a weakness, exploit it. Good stuff. 
one, two, and a kick out. But uh, well, let me go back to the question I was asking earlier. Go ahead. Oh, have you seen one flip or plancha in this match? No, no. That swinging uh, gory special right there was the most uh, exciting or, or athletic kind of thing they've done so far. It was pretty impressive. That's the only um, thing that's called the rotation. Yes. Yeah. Now, now, see if this, but see the, the I like. When I was younger, <laughs> I used to like opening spot dives because dives are impressive and fun. And before everybody did them all the time, if, if you know, we got something in the opening match or a tag match before break, something we got to dive, I was always happy. Um, but at this point in my life, I'm kind of liking dives later in the match. So, like, they're going to build this up and do all this, and they're trying to out-wrestle each other. And you can already see that Brian's starting to get a little desperate because he started throwing punches and kicks. And now suplex <laughs> over the back, over the top rope to the floor. Oh, they both took a tumble. But see, that's, that's why I often tell people that wrestling nowadays is, you know, it's another, it's another global genre-filled entertainment thing like yeah. movie, music. You know, music has multiple genres. Movies have multiple genres, and now so does wrestling. There's the indie riffics. There's the there's the the wrestlers. There's the there's now the cinematic stuff. Now, uh, yeah. there's the car wrecks. There's the outlaw mud shows. There's there's everything. There's there's a there's a wrestling show for every type of human human being that watches wrestling. Oh, Brian hits his back here somewhere because he has a big old knot in his back now. Yep, there it is. Oh yeah, but. Yeah, no. uh, no, sure. Yeah, one of the, the to finish my thought about Brian strikes. He, he doesn't throw punches very often, but Woo! when he's in oh, when he's in a personal match, he saves punches for that. So when he's oh, and he dropped him right on his head. Oh goodness, Saito side suplex. Oof. Oh, and now look at him selling the hand, feeling trying to. Oh, I don't have feeling in my hand and arm. It went numb from the neck. You know, because he's got the bad neck. This, so this is brilliant storytelling again. Yeah, that's not something you teach in training. That's just something that, you know, just a good storyteller brings to a wrestling match. Yes. But, uh, yeah, and that's that's just the storytelling. The things that people miss, and I really saw it at uh, Royal Rumble. Brian wasn't throwing forearms. He wasn't throwing kicks. He was throwing punches, closed fists, because he was fighting for his life. And uh, so... He doesn't use punches very often, but I, I just when he does, it's it's meaningful. Yes, absolutely. That's why you know and I'm not comparing the two by any means, but you know I've always defended John Cena was because you know we were we were so distracted by his awkwardness as a wrestler, yeah, that we we weren't giving him credit as his ability to tell a story, which he was fantastic at. He well, I I think it's something he's gotten much better at. Um, I, 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 I feel like he was kind of in the same vein as Roman Reigns where he got a little over and he fit the mold. And so Vince decided he was the next big guy and he didn't care about the fact that John Cena couldn't get through a 20 minute wrestling match at that point. Like if he, if he got much over seven or eight minutes, it was going to bog down and, and cause he just wasn't very, he's not athletically gifted necessarily his hand-eye coordination is a little awkward oh, oh no 
Oh no, Drew Gulak with the release German. All Brian landed on was his head and neck. Yeah, and look at look that there is concern there because even Drew Gulak held his neck up. Yeah, to pin him because. Oh he, man, this was just Daniel Bryan. Oh. Daniel Bryan wanted to do the backflip, just couldn't get that extra rotation. Oh no, he landed right on his head. Yeah, and you want to talk about just the energy leaving the room for a minute. That that that's this, but you know, he's good. He he gets in. He, he, oh know, man, in the cell right now. That's how he I barely can't get to his feet. Nine. Oh, and he just leaks under the bottom rope. Oh, and manages to kick out at two. Oh, this is good stuff. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad he lived through that. That chop was weak. I will. I, I could tell even with the sound off. <laughs> oh, and there he goes. Brian firing up, hits the clothesline. There we go. Oosh, body vibrating. Playing to the crowd. This, this is good stuff. This yeah, is no, my no. style wrestling right here. Yes, I know. And. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, to, to put a bow on the, the Roman Reigns-John Cena comparison, you know, I feel yes. like nowadays, nowadays with Roman Reigns, you know, I feel like once once the crowd turned on him, I feel like they pulled the trigger and learned from their John Cena mistake where they could have turned him the time that they should have turned him. And so I think they're capitalizing on what they should have done with Cena and now doing it with Reigns. So you live, you learn. Well, even still, I think they they hung with Roman for three years before they turned him. Uh, I mean, the crowd almost immediately before he even got the belt had turned on him as the top single star. Oh. And I know exactly when it happened. Ooh, beautiful. Uh, World Clover, yes. Yes, into the dragon sleeper. That's fantastic. This is called the Gulak. Cult. Well, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, the dragon sleeper uh, for Sir. always. You can change uh, your. You can change your. You can call it whatever you want. All you want. It's the dragon sleeper. Oh, now we're going with the elbows. You try to escape my shit. You're getting bowed. Yep. Going in. Oh, oh, oh and he rolls oh, through. No, sir. Oh, and he's got. Oh, yes, the yes lock. Trying to get it in. Oh, fighting. Oh, and the elbows to the face. Oh, those were snug. Oh, wow. He rinsed that in too. He grabbed that cross face and laid it in. Yeah, that was a beautiful exchange. And this, look at this awkward positioning. I oh, love I know. This is this is fantastic. And that's and it. And that's the match, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. Oh. Out. And now this is a perfect example of somebody going over and somebody getting over. Right. Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan went over. Drew Gulak got over. Yes, for sure. And this is a perfect wrestling match. And look, Daniel Bryan's still putting his ass over. He's selling. He won the match, but he's just blown away about what he had to go through to do that. And that is how you make a guy. That is professional wrestling. Yes. Is how you put together a sports entertainment match with wrestling. Well, and no, see, I would go the other way. This was definitely this was a professional wrestling match. With and they, it, it, with a little bit of that entertainment, uh, 
You know, because the thing is, you know, WWE is just so polished and everything looks so clean. And, oh, man, that bump was just gnarly. We're getting the replays of Brian getting dropped on his head. Now, apparently, oh. now, apparently that 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 clip right there, apparently there was a ball shot. Uh, Mr. Brian, he fell out there. So if that's oh. something you'd like to go back and see Daniels Bryan's, uh, you can uh, you can uh, have a look see. There you go. <laughs> but no, fantastical match. Definitely my match of the year until Walter and Elia came about. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad you finally watched it. I'm really bummed for Drew Gulak because I felt like this was his this was his year to to feud with Daniel Bryan up until SummerSlam. Because shortly after this, they made it to where Daniel Bryan took him under his wing. Yeah. He was like, you did exploit my weaknesses, but you also made me fight harder to beat you. And yeah. that's something. I, and, you know, how about you and I just fucking, you know, make a unit and then we'll go from there. And they were going to, I guarantee they were going to ride that out to SummerSlam with a big old betrayal angle. And they would have had just an even bigger match at SummerSlam. But the the unfortunate luck of COVID happened and... Daniel Bryan went away and only came back sporadically, and which kind of gave Drew like Drew like Drew Gulak nothing to do, meaningful anyway. Yeah, it's and that's that's where I, you know it always goes to me. I was like, yeah, but why? Where, what are they going to do with this? Like, what's the? I don't know. But I, I think my main concern with WWE is that they stopped. Go. They stopped finding a destination and then figuring out how to get there. They just said, oh, well, that sounds cool. Let's do that. And I firmly blame Vince Russo for that uh, change in the wrestling business um, to where we went from, you know, long-term six-month storyline, storytelling, booking to week-to-week, you know, let's pop a rating kind of stuff. And so, like... I'm sure there was they made they had something in mind for Brian and Gulak to build to, and it is unfortunate that they didn't get to see it through. Because if that was the first match of what could have been three or four great matches, uh, they started that off perfectly, and they had they. Oh, sorry, it just reminded me. Like okay, like it's a, a, a current wrestling. Right, so AEW just to, as a to to uh, flip from what we just saw, which was a perfect first match between two people. Uh, you turn on AEW and you watch something like the Young Bucks versus FTR. Right, that was their first match, and they literally did everything. They did all. They even went to all the great tag teams of the past. 20 30 years did all their finishers too and did every single thing possible you could do in a tag team wrestling match and that was their first meeting so now the only thing they can do is add gimmicks and stupid bullshit to make make it different like this daniel bryan drew gulak was like the first of a series of matches that can just grow and grow i mean they went 20 minutes and had a brilliant match but they didn't do a whole hell of a lot, and a lot of it was just selling and storytelling. They could have built upon that, and it's something that you don't see much today, and it kind of bothers me. Just everything is about tonight, and we don't care about the future, but that was a great setup for the future, and I'm glad you made me watch it, Ron. 
Good. And I'm glad you finally watched it. And, you know, and, and, and it's, I, you watch a lot when a veteran carries a wrestler to a great match, but, you know, and, and I think you and I are both seasoned enough in watching wrestling and doing wrestling to the point where we can, we can tell when someone's being carried. And this was, you know, a, a match where you, you can believe that these two were dead even uh, as far as performers go. And if, and, and, you know, they're not, but Daniel Bryan's so good that he can make you believe that they are. And that, I think that's also the art of pro wrestling that, yeah, splendid match. My kind of, uh, looked like a fight, looked like a brawl, and it also was very technical. And more uh, now I'm so glad you mentioned uh, watching a veteran and carry someone to a great match, or just the idea of people carrying someone to. I have. I'm going to bring up my stupid Mark fan troll internet person of the week. I had maybe the dumbest conversation I've ever had about wrestling in my life. This dude is like just breaking in the business. It sounds like he's trained a little bit. He's, you know, trying to get in the business and someone, the, the post was something about how excited everyone was that Kenny Omega was wrestling um, John Moxley, I think. So maybe this wasn't this last week. I guess this was about a month ago now that we do that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> and and someone was like, oh, my God, it's happening on free TV. I'm so excited. And I'm like, I'm very meh about this match, like, because John Moxley is not a great wrestler and Kenny Omega is only as good as who he's in the ring with. And uh, this guy's comment was, well, that's true for everybody. You're only as good as the person you're in the ring with, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, every, it's, that's the same for everybody. And then he named, like, Bret Hart. And, <laughs> and I lost my shit, okay? <laughs> because some guys in the business can elevate people up to their level and then there's other guys that wrestled down to, to like, uh, I think Lanny Poffo said it best. He said, like, I was a five in the ring. Um, and if I wrestled, if I was wrestling a three, we were going to be a three. You know, the difference between me and a guy like Harley Race was when I was in the ring with Harley Race, I was an eight because Harley's a 12. You know, like Harley makes everybody better than they really are. And there's just like there's so many guys in the history of the business that to me, that's the greatest mark of are you really, truly one of the all time greats? And Bret Hart's my prime example, because Bret Hart got a great match out of Skinner. He had a great match with Kevin Nash, who only had one great match ever. Like Bret Hart time after time went out there, gave Owen Hart his best matches, gave Davey boy, his best matches, you know, Mr. Perfect. The list goes on and on and on. And for this guy to just be like, well, nobody can make anybody better. I was like, I lost my shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what training school you're learning that at, pal, but you better get your money back. 
Yeah, that's what I asked him. Like, who is telling you this? Like, that's crazy. No, Daniel Bryan elevates every single person. Like, Daniel Bryan last year made Kofi Kingston the most mid-cardiest mid-carder that's ever wrestled in the history of ever look like a true main eventer and set the world on fire for about six months and gave us a, a token title run out of nowhere with Kofi Kingston. So anyone like doesn't understand why Brian's the best wrestler on the planet, or at least in my opinion, it's that the best wrestler on the planet is the guy that makes everybody around him better and gets the best match out of every opponent every single night. And Daniel Bryan's the first, really for me, the absolute first since Bret Hart to have that quality. Well, I don't know how else to end the podcast, but uh, that's perfect. Compare Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Bryan to Bret Hart is exactly how we should end this uh, watch along <laughs> of a perfect match that Daniel Bryan had with Drew Gulak this year. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, since you let me take the reins, I'm going to do the outro. Oh. Said, I am Ron Kilborn. That is Cole Dawson. And we will see you all next week. And I believe the next thing to do is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Cole Dawson here, host of the Pro Wrestling Uncut Podcast and big brother of Candice LeRae. Join me and my co-host, Ron Kilborn, every week as we discuss pro wrestling, all things pro wrestling. We discuss new, we discuss old, we talk to some of our friends from the wrestling business, and we even do a little bit of fantasy booking. So find us everywhere where you can download your podcast, like, subscribe, share, and tell your friends, kids, have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Big thank you to Coda. That's K-O-T-A. He's on Twitter at Coda iRadio Network WK and we connected last year, and he was telling me all about Eugene's wrestling promotion, Midwest All-Pro, that he started in South Dakota. A huge thank you to him, because he was the one who lined up this interview with Eugene, which I super appreciate. So thank you, Coda. The original plan was to do this interview in person last year, but, you know, scheduling, just it didn't come together. We weren't able to do it until now, but super grateful that we're able to do it now, because it's just such a good conversation. There's a lot going on in here. Midwest All Pro Wrestling. Go to MidwestAllProWrestling.com and get tickets today. Revenue Brewing Company. It's the cure for what ails you. Jekyll and Hyde Barbecue. Jekyll and Hyde Barbecue makes barbecue so good, mm-hmm. it'll put a smile on your face. And Code I Radio Network is powered by KBack.Rock. Rock Radio the way rock radio should be. Go to KBackRadio.com and listen today.